What's going on, my sprudes and spruettes? Welcome back to Wrapped Under Plastic, the podcast for the miniature hobby enthusiast. What was that weird voice I heard just what a second voice? ago? I don't know. It's like over my shoulder. Oh, was it? No, hey, Jesus! Damn! We got a guest today. Uh, Canadian wandered like, in. Canadian. <laughs> I saw him wandering the streets of my neighborhood. I was like, hey, you want a jacket and some pants? <laughs> and he came in. <laughs> he was just chugging maple syrup walking down the yeah. street. No pants. <laughs> He's like drunk on maple syrup. I had boots. Yeah. <laughs> and a boots. Toque, yeah. As you would call it. Oh, a yeah. Not a toque. Cap. Not a toque. Oh, I made that mistake yeah. in the video and everyone lambasted you me. You didn't hear the end of it. No. Mm. Yeah, we got, we got Jeremy here from Black Magic Craft. He's another YouTuber that focuses on making sick terrain on his channel, mostly for D&D, would you say? I would say like 90% D&D or D&D type games. Okay. But also we venture into other territories as well. Yeah, you did a Star Wars diorama recently yeah. and that was pretty awesome. So yeah, if you want to check him out, his channel is linked in the description of this episode and the show notes for you audio listeners. But we have him here with us together. Mm -hmm. So we get a double team him. <laughs> this excited. is our first double team Supreme. <laughs> you, like we're not Eiffel Towering. Don't, no. No, high five, no high fives. No high fives. <laughs> Keeping this professional. But yeah, so we're excited to have him here and do this format. He has a janky mic, but we only we didn't buy a fancy mic. We're just we're trying out, testing the waters. One so, day we'll have enough money for yeah. a third mic. Yeah, <laughs> and headphones that work. Yeah, <laughs> and headphones head are fine. You're not fine. supposed to tell them that my headphones don't actually work. <laughs> it's just for but the I'm, image. I'm still wearing them. Oh man. Um, yeah. So we got any stories? Uh, well, you got a story. Yeah, I got some stories. So in a recent episode, you talked about how you weren't getting much hobby time because you're working on your, 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 your set area, your hobby area, you know, putting hard work in countertops, cabinets, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Dropping cabinets down stairways. Yeah. <laughs> or my, not you did that. But. No, my dad dropped one of my cabinets down the uh, oh, no. 15 foot or 15 stairs. <laughs> Uh, and it broke. <laughs> but we just took it back and said it was broke and we opened the box. Uh, so. Suck it, Lowe's! <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. But someone made a petition for you to state that uh, your time spent working on your hobby area counted as hobby time so that you would feel better about yourself. Yeah, it's on change.org. Yeah. So you can go out there and sign the petition. Yeah. I got to say I agree with that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. See, I'm not linking this in the description because I don't <laughs> want this to be this to, this to be legal now. <laughs> it's on the Facebook group. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so if I, I think if we hit like a 100 signatures, I could bring it to my state senator. <laughs> and be like, hey, listen, sign this. I don't know what that means, but sign it. Yeah. Put a stamp on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's one story. The other story is that we ended up getting a room to the Renaissance Schomburg for Adepticon. And we're all very excited about that because we did not want to have to walk back and forth from some other lame hotel. We wanted to be in, in the thick of it, in the hive. Yeah. I, I don't know if people understand how excited we were. <laughs> that that we get to be in the big show yeah yeah so there's several levels to adepticon and i'll explain this because people might not understand maybe jeremy doesn't understand you can go to the con by yourself and like be in a hotel that's not the schomburg or you might just drive in every single day and that's fun you can go with your friends and be in a satellite hotel or drive there and that's that's better going with friends is better and then you can go with friends and be in the Renaissance Schomburg, and that is the best situation because you just roll out of bed, go down the elevator, and there are all the nerds. Yep. And if you got a bunch of minis and supplies, you can just stash in your hotel room when you don't want it and then come back for it later. And so that's just really, really nice. Yeah. It makes shopping. It, mean, it makes carrying around your minis. It makes 
getting hammered <laughs> all easier, yes. which is most important yeah. to me. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about what we painted uh, in this past week or whatever. Why don't you go first, Jeremy? Well, the only thing I painted this week was this beautiful man's <laughs> face. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I came bearing gifts. I designed a little Scott on vacation miniature oh and I forced him to paint it oh. and I painted one myself. Dude. Yeah. And my wife posted a picture of me in Hawaii wearing, <laughs> wearing uh, short swim trunks, which will obviously be in the video hey, right now. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up here. Chief. What? 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 You specifically told me they were not swim trunks and they were just strolling around town shorts. You're <laughs> uh... like, no, man, these are the shorts that I wore. No, no. I told you they had a net in them. Wouldn't swim trunks have a net? Normal shorts have nets? Maybe they were swim trunks, but you were not wearing them for swimming. No, no, no. I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I was just strolling around in swim trunks. You never know when you might have to spontaneously swim in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So... So you're I, ready. Yeah. I became obsessed with that photo <laughs> <laughs> in an unhealthy way and yeah, made a mini, printed it out, brought it, we painted it up. Yeah. And it's that's going to be a video that's somewhere. A video. Yeah. Me painting myself on vacation. Well, yeah. There's no sociopath tendencies in that at no. all. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any other minis. The minis of me are the best minis. <laughs> it was really my gift to Scott because I know he probably wants nothing more than to paint himself in miniature form. Yeah. But he's like, I can't do that because people are going to give me a hard time because it's too egotistical. Yeah. So I, you know, that's, it's my fault. Yeah. yeah. So You're right. Right. Yeah. But deep excuse. down, I really want to do it though. Yeah. That's how it works out. And did you sell it? Did you paint on like extra muscles yeah because you to. should have no i made me look tanner he, he made himself <laughs> look like he lived in the southern coast of spain <laughs> <laughs> he's like golden brown dude that's that's not an accurate miniature painting job no i mean it wasn't but i was trying to speed paint and so like the lower half of the model is darker in luminosity than the top half because I wanted to draw attention up but that just made my thighs and my shins look like I was Native American <laughs> didn't work out very well oh <laughs> uh, uh, well uh, so you this miniature you said you printed it yourself where did you did you design it yourself where did you design so it I, I utilized Hero Forge to make it which was tricky oh. right okay it's, it's meant for fantasy minis and D&D &D uh -huh. and all that stuff but they have just enough modern normal things and short shorts short shorts is an option on hero forge they are <laughs> it, it might be for the ladies i don't know right but it worked so yeah i made it uh downloaded the file i resin printed it like the night before i came here and uh the rest is history i gotta say the quality is is pretty good it's not bad no yeah. it's it's surprisingly well uh <laughs> it's, it's it's the best like seven dollars i ever spent <laughs> i i i think so it's got the rib cages in there the <laughs> the the emaciated look is on point yeah oof the glasses though were a nightmare oh my to paint. god have you ever painted glasses on a miniature how do you do that you don't it just looks like goggles because <laughs> like you can just paint on the surface of the glass your really, eyes are out here there's like yeah exactly but really there's like an you know there's like a half inch between the lens and the eyes and so, so did you i just like paint eyes did you yeah. paint like reflectiony and not worry about eyes i mean i made dots yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. And look, he looks like the Hamburglar. <laughs> Just like, rah, um, rumble, rumble. Yeah, so that was tough. I've never experienced that. Um, but yeah, it was a new challenge that I got to, to try to attempt at and fail miserably at. I should gloss varnish him a little bit. That might help. 
Oh, you think that's gonna that's gonna fix it? Yeah, make you shinier. That's oh, d- oh the glasses. Like, <laughs> yeah, just oh, my whole body. That's the whole thing. Like oil you up for the beach. <laughs> I just got out of the got out of the ocean in this miniature. Yeah, dripping wet. Oh boy. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that's something <laughs> to that. paint. I'm not gonna. No. All right, Scott. What'd you paint? Um, I also painted a version. Of me. <laughs> let's both paint you <laughs> also jeremy brought me one yeah as so well. you will be painting one. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll I be painting it for future videos point. in john's channel you can just look for the the little easter egg yeah that's right me at the beach <laughs> uh besides that uh because jeremy's here we also did a video on my channel which is about making terrain and about all the essential uh tools that a miniature painter might consider going out and getting if they wanted to make the uh like the transfer over into the world of crafting terrain so we talked about some of the important materials and tools. And while we were doing that, we crafted some elven waystones. Mm. Um, and they were fun. I got to break out every kind of flock I had <laughs> and tuft and just go yeah, to town man. with little flowers. Uh, and we, we made a wash. Uh, I don't, because like, you know, you can't use. Yeah, you don't want to be wasting all your good wash on big ass pieces. Exactly. No. So we mixed them up with some matte medium water, flow aid and ink. And uh, that was fun. I don't do that very often. Yeah. So you get a big old cup of it? A little, yeah, a little, little jar. Oh. So does Jeremy know the secret recipes of how to do that in in larger quantities? I know a pretty decent one. I'd pretty say. decent one, yeah. yeah. It, it's not as reliable as going to the store and buying it. Right. Right? Sometimes you make it perfect and sometimes you don't. You're like, I did the exact same thing. What's yes. going on? Are you talking about Lester Bursley's like wash recipe or what? Yeah, it's basically the same. Yeah. I use his. I've, I've tried three or four experimental types, even the, the clear... Uh, floor polish one mm-hmm. and the clear floor polish it's one pretty good is pretty good yeah. and it all it takes is the whatever ink you want in the floor polish it's oh, not nice. as good as lester bursley's recipe but it's not bad yeah if i want a weird color wash that i don't have i just yeah. get out the pledge yes and drop in some ink for yep. sure oh so you have that on hand i have that on like hand that? yeah okay. for sure because yeah. you don't have to mix all your stuff together whatever it's like bloop 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 that's that's me pouring in the the pledge okay. and then the ink. Thank you for that. And then you effects. mix it up. I, I, it I, I actually couldn't see it in, until there was sound. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Lester's is just matte, medium, fluid, water, and ink, right? In various quantities. Yeah. Uh yes, I think so. I don't. Yeah, think I copied his recipe. I don't so, think there's glycerin. Okay, in you his. you mentioned like, oh, is that the secret touch? Glycerin is. I can't remember what I use glycerin for, but I bought a big jug of it. I think I use it for, um, airbrush thinner and airbrush cleaner. You might glycerin is used also for preserving plants. So, yeah. um, Matthew Sexwish preserves vegetation and yeah. uses it for basing with glycerin. Right. Yeah, I've never done that, but a lot of people do. If you want, like, like Luke does that with like, what is it, parsley mm-hmm. fern or something? He makes trees out of them, and you soak oh. them in glycerin, and it preserves them. But I don't really trust it. It doesn't okay. always work out so well. What do you think go it's going to decompose? Yeah, they still go funky sometimes. Okay. Get a little smelly in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my compost smell like compost. Yeah. Okay. That's what I did. That's what you did. Uh, I did. What did I, I paint? Yeah. I, I finished up. Oh, you painted a lot of stuff actually. I did paint a lot of stuff. Okay. I've been painting, uh, finishing up my relic blade commission. So I had 11 minis to do and I finished up those. Um, and I just tried to do the hour and a half per mini on these. Okay. And the one, the ways that I figured out how to do it pretty well is I mixed my own contrast paint. I don't have any contrast paint, so I just, use, I just use contrast medium yeah. and inks and sometimes paints. Inks works better, but paints also work. And, dude, it looks 
just like contrast paint. What's the what's the ratio here? It's half, half? no, 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 no. It's like I don't know, f- four to one medium to paint. Okay, you do not ink, especially because obviously it's very, you know, potent. So mm-hmm. and you, you could even put a little bit of uh, uh, thinner or water in there too to bring it down. Loosen but it up a little bit, dude. It it totally works. But really, the magic juice is that medium. Yes, yeah. right? the medium is that's that's all their paint is the medium and then ink. Yeah. So, they just why buy all the contrast paints when you can just buy the medium and mix your own? That was your theory in the beginning. That was my theory. They gave away their magic recipe. You're taking my video idea. (laughs) Okay. 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 Here's the thing about YouTube: you can repeat yourself over multiple videos a million times, and no one will complain ever because not everyone watches your videos. Yeah, but Jeremy's gonna make this video on Tuesday now. Uh, (laughs) I don't touch that. That's not my territory. (laughs) It'd be like. How do you paint, like, make three gallons of contrast yes. paint? Yes. From okay. s- stuff from Home Depot. I think I think that's a better video. Yeah. Three gallons of contrast paint. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just in old milk jugs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I did that, and uh, I actually, one of my buddies that's in my D&D group, he did get a new resin 3D printer, and so we picked out um, minis uh, for our characters. Your partner campaign. And so those are being printed probably as we speak, and I'm going to paint those. So this will be my first time, in addition to painting Miniature Scott, of actually <laughs> painting a resin printed. Did you find paint. characters, pre-gen models that you liked, or did you like make them on a site? No, we found, we just Googled Goblin Rogue nice. on whatever the different sites are. Okay. Um, all of them are free. Where did you end up finding it? That was Thingiverse. Yeah. Okay. But I, th- I don't think all of them we got through Thingiverse, but I can't remember. Okay. Very so, cool. I'm going to try that out. Soon. All right. Um, is it printing on any cubic photon or something like that? Or Elegoo Mars? Elegoo Mars. Okay. All right. Very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. And that is actually a perfect segue into the sponsor for this episode, which is Titan Forge Miniatures. Oh, yeah. We got a sponsor. Our first ever podcast sponsor. Yeah. Woo. I know. It's, it's, it's a pretty big day for us. Titan Forge is a company that provides 3D sculpts for you to print at home and use any capacity you want, whether it's D&D or Warhammer or any miniature war game, and they offer some of the highest quality sculpts on the market today. By joining Titan Forge's Patreon for only 10 bucks a month, you get access to all their files for that month, as well as going through MyMiniFactory.com. You can see previous months that you can buy at 50% off by being a patron. So the way the Patreon campaign is structured is every single month follows an aesthetic. This month is demons, next month is dwarves, after that is cyberpunk, and you can find some of their most popular sculpts on their My Mini Factory website, which is the Dragon Empire models. So thank you, Titan Forge Miniatures, for supporting hobby podcasters, yeah. and we hope that one day you bring us a meat and potatoes mini for us to print. <laughs> Like a literal meat and potatoes. <laughs> <one>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to our regularly scheduled program here, mm-hmm. and we're uh, we have a topics discussion yeah. for the day. We have a topic. Yeah. The topic is on terrain. Not terrain. Tra- not train. Not terrain. 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 I figure since we got Jeremy here, the terrain master, we can talk about terrain and all the things we love about it. Yeah. Yeah. He is uh, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Daniel San, <laughs> and you are Daniel San's stupid girlfriend that gets him into trouble all the time. <laughs> okay, all right, I can take with this role. Okay, uh, so I have a question. I think to lead into this before we kind of dig into the terrain stuff, and it's to Jeremy. Jeremy, why terrain? Like, why is that 
the thing that really interests you, the niche in this hobby that really excites you, that you you are so passionate about? Because it requires less talent. Oh, that's the <laughs> trick. That's the truth. Uh, kind of, sort of. I don't know. Maybe that's there's some truth to that. That I don't have the patience for mini painting. Okay. Or the I don't have the skill set to paint minis well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to learn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's actually <laughs> That's the big key. key. I think anybody can learn a skill. It's all about, are you able to dedicate enough time to get good at it? And you have right. to like something to dedicate enough time to get good at it. And terrain I felt was easier. I don't think I actively made that decision at any point in time, but I think inherently that plays into the continuation of this hobby. Sure. But I think to start, it's because I was playing D&D. Yeah. Right? I, was, I was a DM and I was like, I want to play D&D. I want to run a game. I need it to be super cool. I don't want to use my imagination all the time. Let's make it look sick. Yeah. That's really it. It looks cool. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree that from a D&D perspective, some of the biggest impact that you can have from a visual standpoint is not from your character minis no. or from the monsters. It's from the environment that they're in. There's a lot of the time where we play on an elaborate setup with a bunch of quote unquote nice terrain. Mm-hmm and the bad guys are unpainted Reaper Bones minis. And the other thing is that being a kid, I, I distinctly remember being a little kid, going to the museum all the time and seeing those sick dioramas of like the Native American village, yeah. the indigenous village, or the the old coal mine cross section where yeah. it's just like all the little tunnels. And I loved that stuff. I And I remember being like eight years old and being in the museum and going, when I grow up, I want to make displays for the museum. That's sick. And so great did you ever job. Go to the museum and find things like this. Yeah, I remember it. Okay, I don't I remember, remember stuff like this. I remember uh, going to Gulliver's Travels in New York City, which is like a whole museum dedicated to miniature dioramas. Like they have uh, ones where airplanes literally land on airstrips, um, mm-hmm. like on a wire, fly-by-wire thing. It's super freaking cool. But like in my local museum, to where, wherever I lived, like I didn't have didn't access have to that stuff, or I don't remember it at least. Have you ever been to House on the Rock? No, I haven't. You're from Wisconsin. You need to go. Yeah, it'll change your life. I've heard about it. It's it's nuts. Yeah, but that is just a dude's house he built on the side of a mountain, and it's got the craziest, creepy ass rooms in it. And he's got many, many rooms with he's made his own little miniature dioramas of stuff. And I remember that going there when I was like eight, nine years old. I'm like, this is awesome. It's, <laughs> it's so demonic, and it's also I mean, it's not actually demonic, but there's something about that place. It's just super eerie. Yeah, and that just everything in miniature scale form was so freaking cool that's cool um, so i totally relate to that absolutely and like when you were playing gi joes as a kid I we think, did no no yeah, i did too you had gi joes and the jeeps and everything yeah okay okay all right wow. come along Impressed. with us scotty <laughs> I'm, I'm here i'm ready i was the kid that like set up elaborate setups of like bases and buildings and i'd go out to like on the farm in the gravel pit and make yeah. trenches and it would i would never actually play with them I would just spend hours setting up these scenes and I'd be like, I'm done. (laughs) And I think that is still true today. I'm like, I don't actually want to play D and D or any tabletop games. I begrudgingly play them to justify building this crap. (laughs) Right. This sick little scene. Right. That ooh moment when they're like, yeah, that's cool. And you're like, it better be cool because it took me fucking 20 hours to make it. Damn it. Don't notice that I'm bad at playing this game. Just focus on the cool shit. Right. Yeah. It, do you have a background in in any kinds of, of construction or engineering? Because it feels like, to me, when I watch your videos, 
I like, you know how a building works. Yeah. So for 10 years, I was a residential contractor. I did home renovations for 10 years, carpenter by trade. uh, And then I did my last year before going YouTube full time, I was a construction manager for huge projects. Okay. Yeah. My background literally is in construction. So you know why things are built the way they're built. Yeah. That's super cool. To a degree. And that's also why I know what what joint compound actually is and how to use mm. it and how to mess with <laughs> it and how to deal with foam and a lot of the st- materials i use are things that i had on hand from that day job sure right? so i wasn't going to the art supply store i wasn't going to the hobby store i was going to home depot sure i always appreciate that it uses all the technical terms for like, everything like, like trusses and eaves and plumb plumb and, yeah. and square and true yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, as I was, as I, as you may or may not know, has been spending so much time uh, finishing my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I have realized that I end up using a lot of things for all the jobs that I'm doing there that I had been using and hobbying. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have like this complete opposite side of the spectrum from you, where it's like, oh yeah, I had that uh, stuff already because I was using yeah. it to to make bases for yeah. my Age of Sigmar models. I can patch my wall now. Right? <laughs> a little millipede on your wall. Yeah, all my wood filler. Like I use wood filler to make uh, terrain. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to toss a question back to you, John. Is there a particular thing about terrain that you find special when compared to miniature painting? I think the thing that really excites me more about terrain is, a t- is terrain is required to set a scene or tell a story. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's so fundamental in that. You're right. So you can have the most amazing, well painted figure in the world, and even you know, busts are often this way. There is no terrain mm-hmm. on busts, but it's so much harder to tell a visual story with no environment. Mm-hmm. And so I totally did that with the GI Joes too. And so it's like here's the snapshot of where they're at in the battle. And so it's a snapshot. The terrain gives you that snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. So I dig it. What yeah. about you, Scott? Why do you like it? Man, I, I've kind of said this before, so that my, I might sound like a broken record, but I guess uh, going on what you said, the level of effort to level of satisfaction mm-hmm. ratio mm. is so much better than the lo- that same level. There's way more painting. instant gratification. Yeah. 100% more. It looks so good and with so much less effort. So it's, it's less pedantic than miniature yeah. painting. So it's really enjoyable for that reason. Um, also part of the reason why I like basing so much, that's just, it's like, that's like terrain making on a very, very small scale. Yep. Um, it's so satisfying and it's so easy. The other thing about making terrain is it seems more like, uh, a maker thing. Mm-hmm. You take raw materials, temir- you take raw <laughs> <Ooh>. materials, <laughs> the brain hard drive is, is firing <laughs> up. Uh, you take raw materials and then you make something from it as opposed to miniature painting where you start with something and then modify it in some way. So I think the process of watching someone create terrain is always so much more interesting than watching someone paint a miniature. So I like it for that reason as well. And I think that with like mini painting, you have a thing that's already beautiful and nice and someone put a lot of love into and a lot of art and effort. And now it's your job to do it justice and finish it. And I find that very intimidating. Are you saying Mm. you're not gonna paint my vampire that I gave you as a gift? Well, that's what I was talking about having other people paint it. (laughs) I will paint one, but you know, I'm going to paint it to a, like, it's okay. And then I'm going to build it a sick room to live in. Ah, right. That's how I that's honor good. it. Sure. Honestly. Okay. If you're not a miniature painter, jumping into the world of painting a 75 millimeter display model is like the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, yeah, it, it'd be difficult to paint, but in that sweet ass 
mansion that she's living just in. Just distract. That's all. Just distract. Right. Like, don't maybe, look at her. Maybe some look ornate at the stairs. coffin somewhere that she's sleeping in. And some sick chandelier day. or something. Oh, yeah. Chandelier. Yeah. I'm liking this idea. I'm going to steal this from my own. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a pretty good idea. All right. Okay. So we've gone from kind of what initially piques our interest and in what's gotten Jeremy so deep down this rabbit hole. Um, should we talk a little bit about what we enjoy in other people's um, terrain work and environment building work? Yeah. I want to start with one that I, that you, you mentioned something earlier, made me think of. You mentioned that buffs don't often have terrain. And that's definitely true. But there's one piece by uh, a guy named uh, Dave Basilisk or David Basilisk. His, his Instagram handle is the Chromatic Circle. And he has this bust and it's called uh, Out of the Long Journey, um, but it's a hobbit. It's like Bilbo or it's Frodo, and he has a map in front of him, and he looks happy like he's about to go on an adventure, right? And behind him, David crafted the front door of a hobbit hole. So you see mm. the roof, and it's a graft stone, and you see the big circular door. Um, and I'll put a picture of that up, and I haven't showed you guys this, but I just thought of it right now, and it looks so cool. So one of... Uh, on my, on my Patreon for my YouTube channel, I do these quarterly challenges, and one was paint a bust. And the bonus for that quarter was do a, a scenic base for it, add something more to it. Oh. And there were so many cool things. Someone did a Luke Skywalker bust, and behind him he did the, the big window in the destroyer, mm. oh. um, you know, the big circular one. Sure. Um, so that was super cool, but there, there are so many more ideas that, that are awesome. Uh, making busts is definitely hard with terrain, but it's possible, and it can add that crucial story element. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. You're right. It is not commonly seen. Typically, no, it it's isn't. More, yeah. And that ties into the history of, of busts in art form as well, mm-hmm. um, that they are usually on a pedestal. Pedestal in, in the middle of a room, right? right? Right, yeah. Yeah, there is no environment. It is just the beautiful marble bust. So yeah. we're kind of assumed that that's how they should all look. Mm-hmm. If yeah. we paint one, it should it should hold to that same standard. Right. Yeah. No, there will be a hobbit door. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first one. Honestly, we have we have a huge list of creators that we love their stuff. So we'll do one project from each one just so we can kind of keep this ball rolling. Yeah. And we'll get you in the show notes as well as we'll show some pictures. If you're watching us on YouTube of these examples of their work, Yeah, but for sure. check them out on, on Instagram or, or whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, see there's a lot more yeah. than just what we're going to share. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? I just did. So yeah, you just did. Oh, really? That Jeremy, was, go- that was yeah, you I'll going go. first. Yeah. So there's, just like many painting, there's a ton of people building terrain to follow, pay attention to for games. And yeah, they're all great, fine, cool. But what really gets me excited are the people that are using those same sorts of techniques and ideas to do things, mostly not for gaming, but to do legitimate, I guess you could say legitimate art. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one, uh, there's these two brothers called the Chapman brothers. And they did, they've done multiple museum displays one was called hell and it was these insanely huge dioramas that i think each one was something like four foot by eight foot and there was like nine of them and there were these incredibly dense displays of hell it was kind of like like bosch's depiction of hell where there's just you look at this giant thing and it's overwhelming and every little pocket you look in is a little story taking place yeah and there's just tens of thousands of miniatures and it's really, uh, really edgy and weird. And, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of their hot takes on various things. And yeah, 
you know, Statements. question questionable content and not for kids and all that stuff. Yeah. But I just love it. It's so rich and deep and alive. And that's what really gets me excited. And other diorama builders and stuff too, who are doing display stuff or Star Wars or whatever, that gets me excited more than people are making cool things for games. Okay. Do you know where this stuff is on display? Uh, well, that actual one that they did, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I, I think that when that held what exhibit was on display, mm-hmm. I think it there was a fire and it burned and got destroyed, <laughs> making it like even crazier. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. Okay, there's pictures you can find online. It's documented. Yeah, and I think they did Hell Two, but I don't remember what that was exactly. I think John was looking at it earlier and he found Ronald McDonald crucified somewhere. Yeah, right. you'll find like waves of like army i'm just gonna say army people yeah <laughs> and uh like weird religious iconography and yeah the like one little spot has ronald mcdonald on a crucifix yeah you know so with a bunch of zombies like crawling up to him you yeah know? so just Consumers. lots of little pockets like that are really cool stories and yeah. things like that here's one here's one at a train station where there's all these skeletons on the trains and one of the skeletons that's standing on the top of a looks like a jeep has a pig mask on. Yeah. <laughs> it's disturbing. Yeah. We'll just say a lot of it has to do with certain aspects of World War II that are quite disturbing, but uh, they've like, m- they've mixed it with like modern capitalism and other sorts things of that are turning yeah. our world into he- a lot of found hellish. objects. And yeah. I love it. I like it's that. weird. I like all the Easter eggs in it. Yeah. Can you imagine how long those would take to yeah. make? Yeah. And a lot of the, like, I think they use a lot of found things. I think they use army men and stuff, but they have thousands and thousands of like these skeletal figures that I'm pretty sure are little wire armatures with a little bit of putty on them. And when you look at them individually, they're not that impressive, mm-hmm. right? But when you zoom out as a whole and there's, you know, 3,000 of them. You're saying they sculpted 3,000 skeletons on wire armatures? I'm pretty sure they did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this probably took. Oh, this must have been three years, years yeah. to do. Yeah. Jeremy's just bringing it real heavy, real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He started out a little he, high. He, he thought <laughs> it would coming, but like, I like this guy who makes hills and trees. <laughs> Can't really follow that really easily. I like static grass, you know? <laughs> so this guy does good static grass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go next and talk about a guy that does good static grass. Um, his name is Oliver Spath, and uh, when I was looking at our list of, of us pulling these lists together, Scott and I both put him down. Yeah. And um, why I like Oliver Spath is he has become a master of the outdoor fantasy setting and in like a small scale. His ability to make rocks and grass and shrubs and trees just look real and there's so much like a variety in there that we have in real life that's so hard to replicate in most miniature setting right yeah even if you take static grass and you mix them all up you know like luke's aps tells us to it never looks quite as diverse as reality it does there's different textures and there's there's different different kinds of grass like crabgrass and other things weeds mixed in and yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and so what he's done is he is like taken what we usually use two or three different things and he's like multiplied that by a hundred and so in each of his bases for his miniatures or dioramas there is such a variety of stuff that's used the amount of hours he's got to put in of to 
manually glue every little section of this slightly taller grass and these are slightly shorter and then here we're going to transition to its darker brown over here and like everything is thought through the way he does algae for underwater stuff the way he shows the the changing of the tides as the things go down like he is an amazing painter but i think what makes him way over the top is that his scenes especially outdoor scenes are just ridiculous yeah one of my favorite from him is this one which is the the graveyard scene yes which you might have seen this that cool ruined tower mm -hmm. um and everything has this kind of really cool bluey green look to it so it's like there's kind of like a like moss growing on all this stuff and he's gonna have a white lord walking down the steps and it's mm -hmm. just it's really cool uh oliver spath is great we actually bought like he had recommends a lot of various grass products. And didn't we buy his recommendation? Yeah, we uh, did. had to do a bunch of digging. So I'm like, what the hell does this guy use? Yeah. I cannot find this stuff. Yeah. And it was, I did finally find it. Yeah. And so we had a discussion. All right, let's, let's go invest in this. In this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's from a, a Polish company. Oh, yeah. And so it took a while to get here, and the shipping was ridiculous. And we probably spent together, what, $300 yeah, or was, more? We spent a lot. <laughs> spent a lot of money. And really what we got, it, it was like a, I was expecting a box like the size of a coffin, and it was like the size <laughs> of a shoebox. Yeah, yeah. That's the hobby product problem, you know? Everything's yeah, tiny. <laughs> right? But, I mean, the stuff does look way better yeah. than when than what I was thinking of before. Um I, I think I'll be able to find the name of the site and we can link that so people can yeah, give them some love too. For sure. But there are other places now. This was probably a year and a half ago maybe at this point that we did that. And I I think that there are more varieties for people around the world, no matter where you're at, that might be able to do offer what these guys do. A lot of their stuff is on, I don't know if you've seen this, Jeremy, but it's on sheets. Okay, like pick and pluck it. Yeah, but it's not it's not plucked. It's like a full oh, sheet. Okay. It looks like a full like break football it up. field. Yeah. And what you do is you take a tweezers and you pull it up and there's still some glue that mm -hmm. keeps them connected. So they have the variety and the variety of lengths yeah, yeah. and colors and everything. So you're not getting these little there. round perfect exactly. uh, yes. uh, tufts yeah. that all look exactly the same. Yes. Exactly. And then you can space that and put different yeah. ones at different heights in and that's that's yeah. how Oliver does it. Yeah. And the sheet we got had different flowers in it. So there's like blue flowers and little like white pink flowers. And so mm -hmm. it was a nice variety. Yeah. Oliver's great. Yeah. We love him. Um, another person that I like, which is not really a miniature painter, but still does miniature stuff, is Chris Toledo, um, which is on Instagram is I make small things. Um, and what he does is I think it's probably more akin to, um, or I build small things, sorry. It's more akin to uh, dollhouse scale stuff. Mm. And the, the pictures he posts on Instagram, which are always fantastic, if I can get it, um, is a, a really, really realistic looking scene, maybe in a, in a vintage home. Um, and then in it somewhere is a real scale toothbrush or his hand with a paintbrush. And it's always so startling to see because everything looks so like real. And then what you see is just this giant toothbrush. Mm. So it's the like reveal. This. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this guy is definitely worth looking at. That's I'm, I'm, I'm curious about his methods and things like that because he probably uses a lot of stuff and a lot of, has a lot of considerations and also materials that maybe miniature painters don't have mm -hmm. just because he has a different goal. He's not making like a war torn city or something like that. He's making something that's like one to one real life. Yeah. He's not hiding everything in dust and dirt and grime. Exactly. Like, yeah. That, that yeah. toilet 
That looks like a toilet. <laughs> light fixtures like that are you know to that scale lighted. and look normal. Yeah, um, that's totally dollhouse stuff to the next level. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious what what the scale is of that. I don't know what dollhouse scale is. It was like one to eight. I thought it was one one ten. One ten. Okay. Yeah. One ten is like there's a bust size that's one ten. I think. It that would matter. be pretty tiny. Um, no, not super tiny. No, it would be all right. Yeah. Okay. One ten. Cool. Yeah, so that's that's my next one. Chris Toledo. Check him out. Lots of lots of cool stuff. Holy Toledo. <laughs> Easing. All right, Jeremy, you got another one for us? Uh, there's this guy, I don't remember his actual name, but he goes by Mini Bricks and he just makes um, random stuff. He's this guy from I think he's from Russia. Sorry, Mini Bricks if you're not from Russia and are from some other Eastern European country and I'm assuming but yeah. i'm pretty sure it is russia yeah and uh yeah he makes like random dioramas the kind of stuff you see floating around facebook all the time that moms watch while they're on the toilet and go yeah. that's neat yeah yeah and it's like sped up super yeah, fast. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he does he's done some really cool star wars ones and i mean a lot of people have done star wars dioramas but what i like one i saw recently is it's really elongated and narrow and long it's not square it's it's very narrow and long and it's like a crashed scene in the desert with tie fighters tie fighter yeah yeah and like the x-wing but what makes it cool is it's not just the crash then he has like the parts making the little like lean to yeah roofs and stuff it's just it's it's wonderful he does all the little cabling and on the crash bits after he cuts them his name is roman roman yeah kromananov or kromanatov it's an n or a t at the end but mini bricks on he's like the russian version of luke toen but fantasy he's 100 percent the russian luke toen except he's not focusing just on like train stuff yes it's really random yeah just like whatever he does whatever he wants yeah i watch his videos when i can't listen to audio uh, and i just need and i want to watch something maybe i'm like eating something mm-hmm. or eating like a bowl of cereal like captain crunch is so yeah. freaking loud yeah, i yeah. can't watch anything <laughs> yeah um i love i love watching his stuff it's super cool oh that's a great one all right well then that leads into my next one was the spoiler that jeremy gave which was luke toen yeah uh, i think we can't have this conversation without bringing up luke toen and if you don't know who he is that's fine um but now is your opportunity to get exposed to luke because luke is kind of the the youtube hobby asmr kind of thing i I also don't think there's anybody who has a facebook account that they actively use that hasn't seen one of his videos picked up by a content mill like in their field in their in their uh, feed you've seen his builds yes 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 so he is the guy that makes these amazing realistic uh, basically model train yeah. style. Now, they're not always model trains. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're different environments. But but that's definitely his background. Yes, his yeah. background is in those mod- the model train works. And just the realism of his pieces, yeah. the way that he uses the speed up shots to show you. He's like, oh, gosh, how quickly did this look real? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he, he'll do the same thing as the toothbrush guy yeah. where it's like, You'll, there'll be like a little car going down the road right yeah. yeah and it's like that's not a real car that's not a real road and then that's he's like tiny. walking around in the background yeah. or something like yeah. that and then he like walks up to well, the diorama yeah. he also does stuff where he takes his diorama and he like frames it like he places it perfectly in the real world yeah and yeah, photographs yeah. it or films it and it it's like his tree is blends in with the sky and then the real trees in the real world and it's just it's it's, in, it's insane yeah. Yeah, Wild. That, that, like the intro of all his videos yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's so. Do yourself a favor and go check out a Luke Toen video. the The reason why I first got into Luke Toen was because um, I wanted to start thinking about all this history and model train builders that we don't have access mm-hmm. to technically and kind of the mini side of things. Right. Or it's out there, but we just 
we haven't tapped it to its full potential every yet. time somebody in the tabletop community is like oh, i thought of a cool technique some old train guy is just laughing <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i did this shit in 1979 yeah <laughs> exactly all this stuff they have done before and they have all that experience and they've yeah. perfected it or they found a different material that works better or whatever and so it's like gosh we really should be students of this yeah. instead of trying to recreate the wheel yeah you know so Mini luke painting. tone is a great for that yeah Mini painting is like the America of hobbies. It's like they're <laughs> they're unaware of every other like thing uh, out there, like historical models and and dollhouse stuff and toy restoration and and train modelers that they could. So much of the the technique is so helpful to what we do, and it's just like we just do the base coat wash dry brush or layer and edge highlight you know the patented gw paint style but there's so much out there to to learn but i love luke tone he's one of the few channels that i've seen every single video of really? um yeah i love his stuff he's that's great. a lot of content it's a lot but you know he, put, he puts out like one, one a two a month one a month yeah so it's not yeah but i I burned through it at Cray when I was just being a lazy piece oh, of shit. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I got eight hours to burn. <laughs> That's why the dialogue didn't matter. He's like, it's perfect because I don't have to listen. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, I'm up. I think a great one is uh, Joshua Lai, uh, who has been known to do a lot of dynamos with water. And mm-hmm. he has he has like a whole article on Massive Voodoo about how to do water without getting that classic like uh, sucking up the side look and making it look nice and pretty. Shrinkage. Um, but he has this great little diorama he made that didn't include water uh, in the recent past. It has a rusted up maybe VW bug or some kind of vehicle that's getting grown on by all these vines and it's so green and and just very saturated and looks so ancient the windows in the car are broken out and there's rust forming around the base of the vehicle and i like joshua he always does scenes with animals i know yeah and uh so he 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 reached out to me to do an exchange one time he's like i'll do something for you you do something for me and we can switch i didn't have time to do it and i want to do it at some point but he was like i don't really like classic bear you know, net, yeah, you know, bare naked like ladies and and hairy chested barbarians and you know, or like incredibly evil things, which is kind of my forte, which is fine. But he's like, he likes the more naturalistic, peaceful scene of like a maybe a seagull standing on top of a buoy in the middle of like an ocean. Yeah, it's serene, it's beautiful, it's different, and I think that's important for our hobby, mm-hmm. which is so focused on like killing guys. Yeah, so yeah. I thought you were making a like trying to bring jeremy in and feel comfortable when you mention bare naked ladies because they're from canada yeah but we're not proud of it oh well you got beaver yeah you got beaver and bare naked (laughs) ladies (laughs) uh and sorry uh, about that both of those things you got george st pierre that's pretty that's pretty good you got maddie matheson no one knows who that guy is but i love him no i don't know who that is i like bare naked ladies really they're okay yeah broke into the old apartment you guys are weird. They were okay when I was like 12. And I didn't know what to listen to. Oh, man. They're good. <laughs> Why are you wasting your time listening to Bare Naked Ladies the when twel- there's crash test dummies? Come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Mm. All right. All right. I got sidetracked. But Joshua Lies is the man. Yeah. No one can paint a tiny like one and a quarter inch by three quarters inch cube with a penguin on it and look <laughs> as badass as him. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing stuff. All right. Do you have any more, Jeremy? Uh well, I can say one more, which is uh, my favorite person in the whole world, which is Craftsman. He's craft. not a train builder. He's like not even a miniature guy. He just does whatever the hell he wants, and he 
makes neat things. But from time to time, he'll do more modeling kind of stuff and do little dioramas. And he like built a miniature set of his workshop sets, you know, for no reason, no purpose, maybe just to shoot some stuff in. And he always captivates me because he is pure unadulterated just like love of what he's doing and experimentation yeah you know he has no seems to have no expectations Mm. no real plan he's just doing things for the sake of doing them and enjoying them and that comes through yeah and And it's super enjoyable to watch i'll just go make this little wrench here and Mm. then we're gonna put it up on a pole right here i'm like damn it that's so cool but he's like Watching him is liberating to you as a hobbyist. And you're like, yeah. just don't worry about it. Just just do. Just do it. Matter. And at Have the fun. end, you're like, damn, that looks really good. That looks yeah. like his workshop. And he doesn't do this every day. No. What's my excuse? What's your excuse? I don't know. I think my hot take on the craftsman is that he's the Mr. Rogers of YouTube. For sure. Because yeah. like in a day and age where everyone's like so concerned with like, audience retention uh attention span shortening everyone's like okay this video's got to be engaging all yeah. the time he's like let me just take my shoes off for 15 seconds yeah, right. and then take my jacket off and then put my other jacket yeah. on how are you today how are you yeah. today viewer yeah you feeling good i hope yeah. you're okay i'm thinking about you yeah exactly like, it's yeah. so it's so refreshing to watch and i'm not saying that to say that these videos are boring because they're not at all they're they're no, so if you think his fun. videos are boring, you're not a good human being. You need to get your soul checked. <laughs> Boom! That's you, viewer. Get your yeah. soul checked. <laughs> See a priest. <laughs> yeah, his videos are fantastic. He has an amazing cadence and voice. Yeah. yeah. If if he could not do what he does if he had a squeaky voice. Yeah. You know, his voice is so I'm like, yeah. You just like I'm sitting in the pocket. I'm like squishing <laughs> down in a bean in pocket. Like yeah. in a beanbag chair. I just like oh yeah. so like if so you ever bad. have like a really bad day and you're feeling really sad, all you want is craftsman to come and Dude. make you give you a hug and make you feel better. Yeah. It's a craftsman. Yeah. God, it's so good. All right, good. I can't follow up with that one either. Why you keep putting good ones? All right, I got a good one. I got a good one. I got a, a crazy SOB. What you got? Uh, you may know him as ho- the Hobby Sensei or Seth Amundsen. Oh, so Seth is a badass. Um, and my I, I I okay, I have seen Seth on multiple occasions, but I've never actually like gone up and talked to him. The first time I ever saw Seth was it's Adepticon two years ago. I don't think I've ever told you this story. It's Adepticon two years ago. No, I'm excited. Okay, it's balls cold out and it's Chicago so it's windy as hell and he is coming out of the side door of the Adepticon area um, where people go outside and smoke mm-hmm. he's got this this model with wild trees in one hand and then he's got a spray can in the other hand rattle can and he's <laughs> shaking it up to prime it outside with a heater in his mouth going like this <laughs> are, you just, f- are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like He's just like holding could, a heat gun in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. No, he was no, no. When I, when I say heater, I, mean, I thought Canadian. He'd know what a heater was, eh? It's a heater. Uh, yeah, it's a heater. Oh, a dart. cigarette. A dart. Yeah, yeah. A dart. Oh, a smoke. Yeah, he yeah. had a smoke. He had a smoke. Uh, so, I, God damn it! I wish it was a real heater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the context of this story, he's spray painting in the cold and watching like staying warm. <laughs> That's like a no, no. It's 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 the fact that the aerosol can. Is three inches oh, from the that, cigarette. That is badass. Gotcha. <laughs> it yeah. just just fucking going. 
out on this thing, which is out on the sidewalk, and everything's getting black. And I'm like, first experience ever to Adapticon. First time walking in. First day, I'm like, this is going to be the best day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) This guy does not give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Seth, his stuff is just so over the top where it's like, you know what, guys? We can't really pour resin more than about two or three inches because you get shrinkage, you get crackage, shit just is bound to fail. He's like, nah, we'll do 10 inches and put an AT-AT walker in it. We're going to have it like it's running through the water and it looks real. That stuff is just nuts. He doesn't give a shit. And I I just, no matter what he's doing, um, every time I see some work he's done, there's always some greater direction or goal behind it. He's. I've never seen a piece he's created where to say, I'm just doing this to do another thing. And I think that's something that's like, God, I could learn from that. Every time I do something, I should be doing something to, with purpose. Sure. It doesn't need to be breaking the world apart, but, you know, I should not just make another dude. Yeah. I, I've seen that AT-AT diorama, and I've seen Seth's many times. And I knew he was a person that was like, okay, this is a guy I've seen a lot. He's got to be someone important. And I've never put them together. Yo, that yeah. That diorama is amazing. And I also know that Seth teaches lots of classes at Epicon. It kind of makes me want to take one of his terrain making classes because that diorama is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He he does teach the ways of the sensei. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, another one that I really like. You're going to wrap it up. It's the last one, buddy, because I think our lists Ooh. are dry. Okay. Sure. Okay. I got a few more, but I think the one we'll do is Chris Tsuri. Um, he has a lot of good projects, but the one I'm linking here is Smaug, uh, oh, wow. on top of his his Horde. pile of gold and other jewels and valuables. Is the pile of gold there part of the original model, or is that him? I'm pretty sure that's all made. Yeah. So Smaug is made, but the rest of the stuff is all scratch built. I I read somewhere how many gold coins he stamped out for that. It was some ridiculous number. You did? Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Is Bilbo? Oh, no, no. There's a skeleton leaning up against something. I thought it'd be cool if Bilbo was like hiding behind a rock somewhere trying to trying to steal something. But yeah, this is a crazy awesome diorama. Oh. So many little details in it. Yeah, Bilbo is in there. But he's wearing the ring. Zing! Oh, nice. I was like, no, I didn't see mm-hmm. it. So many little uh, dwarf symbols and weapons and things left behind from slain dwarves. Um, and it's also a great composition. I love it. Chris Suri, check him out. I've mentioned him in the past. His How to Train Your Dragon diorama is also awesome. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that was him that did that. He's mm-hmm. so good. All right. So we now have unlocked all the secrets of terrain making. And we have, <laughs> You're ta- ready. We have tapped Jeremy's soul and sucked of its juices. <laughs> the secret is Ronald McDonald on a crucifix. You're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just like uh, Scott's piece for Crystal Brush last year, except of being a witch. It's Ronald McDonald. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Wendy's. His. Oh. oh, yeah. Mine's Wendy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah right here. That would have been Wendy. You got to see that at the store, didn't I did, you? and that was super cool. That was yeah. really neat. Yeah. It's super tiny, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he didn't think it was that tiny. He wasn't impressed. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, is that small or what? And he was like, Kind of what I thought it was. It's I a know. miniature. <laughs> I, was like, Fuck. I know how big miniatures are. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's okay. It's 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 a miniature. You're right. What's going on over there, John? You okay, bud? Um, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to say about terrain? I have what, what nothing more to say. All right. Cool. All right. So on to some newsy news. Um, the first one, AK Interactive, which is a brand that most. Uh, Scale modelers know uh, they make lots of hobby products, varnishes, pigments, uh, specific paints for 
certain colors of uniform for certain uh, soldiers in various armies, very very much so for uh, like the historical painter and stuff like that. Came out with a, a new paint range because we need more paint ranges. God, I wonder when that train is going to ever slow never, down. Never, dude. Never. Really? Every t- I mean, it's paint. I mean, it's paint, I think right? As long as people in the hobby think that getting better paint will just like make them better and unlock yeah. all the secrets, yeah, there will always be people with a license to print money. Yeah, Jeremy, you're wise. You're wise beyond your years. It's like I've seen this before. I was an electronic musician. Mm-hmm. There's new equipment every single week. That's you know, people just buy because like, well, that's the. If I just get this synthesizer, I'm going to be better. Mm-hmm. If I just get this paint, I'm going to be better. Right. The whole gear acquisition yep. syndrome. Yes. Yeah, not think- something unique to miniature painting. But yeah, so I read through the little infographic, which I'm sure you are like hurriedly reading reading through right now, John. I, I didn't know that this new line was coming. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, the thing boasts a lot of stuff. It, uh, it, it basically makes a claim that there are problems with the current paints that are available to us and that there is room for improvement, which I, I, I like that. Okay, there's always room for improvement for anything. I'm not going to say that we have the best that we're ever going to have right now. It's never going to get any mm-hmm. better. Um, uh, they're kind of vague in what those innovations are, uh, but some of the ones that are obvious are the, the paint bottle cap has a little divot in the top for you to... Uh, use the dropper bottle and put paint in it and then you can screw it back on and you have a nice little swatch that's dried on top of it so it has a tiny vessel for that express purpose and the bottles already have that they don't have that but they have a spot where you can put paint yes yeah yeah, it might wipe off or something this is like this is recessed yeah, because I often take them on like some snowshoeing excursions where my paint bottles are getting <laughs> exposed to so many elements that yeah. it's like, oh, all the paint rubbed off the top cap. Yeah. The cap is knurled in a certain way and it's, it's, it's designed in a way so that it's easy to undo, doesn't get stuck. Uh, and then they, they, I'm just saying the things that are obvious from looking at the thing. They have a list. Did you see? Yeah, I know, but the things are like improvements to opacity. It's like, okay, well, what does that really mean? Like compared to what? Um, so it's hard. It's, I'm just saying the things that I know uh, for a fact. Um, they have, uh, their thing is labeled in colors. So it's like uh, they have inks and normal paints and metallics and uh, like uh, additives to add. And every single one has like a specific uh, color. Oh, they have like a, a section of paints for high intensity. Like, yeah, the bright yellow label is like high intensity, which has yeah. lots, lots of pigments in it. Sounds like, like they've that. made a lot of in- innovations in packaging. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Reaper already did this too with their high pigment, high density series and oh, all yeah. that, and those HD. all went out, all went out of production because they fucking sucked. So maybe these guys get them. You did it right. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, decide for yourself if it's worth buying. We haven't used them. We just saw them. Maybe worth mentioning. The caps are pretty sweet with that like grippy top thing. Yeah. Damn it, I'm gonna buy them. <laughs> Please don't buy them. Whole set. Yeah, I mean AK is a legit company, yep. and their uh, their enamels especially are B A. Um, for so. for uh, doing washes and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like their rust. I don't know if you've ever, Jeremy, have I've ever used any of their stuff? No. Yeah. Their enamels for rust work, rust streaking, rust deposits, crusted stuff. Super amazing stuff. Oh, so, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, um, and actually, I really want to figure out if there'd be a way to make your own of that to use in terrain. Because I know we use oils in mm-hmm. terrain and that can add a lot of depth quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. And maybe that's just a, a more reasonable answer than enamels when it comes to creating larger amounts. But mm. anyway, 
So yeah, that's the first bit of news. Second bit of news. What is the second bit of news? Duncan. Uh oh. He's gonna be news for the next couple times. Why do we gotta? Yeah. Uh, but Duncan posted a little picture on Instagram of a few a Fuji XT30s, a Zoom H4n, and I think a mic. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't think I don't know if there was a caption or not, but the implication is that good old Dunky Boy is gonna make his own YouTube videos now. Do you think this means that that is his? That's gonna be his career. I would think so. Uh, he can do it. I think there's very few people that can just jump in. Yeah, and like we're good to go. He's probably one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got that. He's got the front front side. Um, how how well is he prepared to handle the? You know all the other stuff that goes along with yeah. it because you know he didn't do that work. Yeah. I mean, I did, don't know, but I did he edit a video? He like you yeah. know, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that just don't maybe he has a team games. already. Dude, where does this money come from? <laughs> there's no team. It's okay. So maybe there is a team. Just people that love him. Yeah, you know, people will do that. that yeah, but you. that only lasts so long. Yeah, right. that, he that, only needs until he gets the plane off the ground, and then he <laughs> oh. can kick him off without air, without parachutes. And then he can <laughs> hire real people. Yeah, uh, I think. Just the picture of the equipment that he chose, uh, Fuji X-T3s and X-T30s are quality video cameras, and he posted a picture of a very classic recorder and a very classic mic. I think it was the Rode NTG2. Just those selections, they could have been somebody's helping him out, but if he picked those out, like he knows a thing or two about what to use. Yeah, the Zoom H4n recorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Which a classic is, is, one. Yeah, a, a solid one. So Yeah, that's one cool. a lot of indie filmmakers use. Because I think he... Didn't he it, it get... Uh, Squash that he's not working for Warlord. Yes. Okay, because that's what we were thinking. That's the direction it was looking. Yeah. I think it was more that he was painting these historical figures that he finally got to like put on social media because GW said you can't you can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. And so he's always been pa- painting these, probably playing the game mm. or whatever. And now he's just showing that. So we we probably jumped the gun and well, that means he's going to be working <laughs> for him if he's painting their little. Army men from French militia, 1792. <laughs> that is a big one. And the so last one you put in here. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you messaged me this thing. Yes, I did. So there's a new video that I'm, if if you are a Games Workshop fan or you are interested in mini painting, you probably have this come across your Facebook feed as well, is they are releasing a new series on airbrushing, which is relatively new territory for GW. I know they had their old weird airbrush proprietary thing years ago, and that mm. never worked, obviously, for reasons. Um, but they have Caleb Wissenbeck. Good old Caleb. Good old Caleb of airbrush notoriety. Yep. Um, he is well known for that. Yes. And they're making this video series about their air paints, which air paints for Citadel have been around for a while, not super long, but it's like they originally, they initially got like thrown under the rug once we got contrast stuff. So it was just like, oh, air paints are, which all they are is they're pre-thin versions of mm-hmm. GW's regular paints. It's the exact same line, the exact same colors. They're just thinner for an airbrush. So they're going to do a series of videos on this. And mm-hmm. it's videos. So it's interesting how they're bringing in somebody not associated with the company to have these videos. A subject matter expert, yeah. He does teach a lot of classes about beginner and advanced airbrush use. Um I don't know. I think this is just uh, GW trying to get a piece of the pie of, you know, very typical categories or subjects for videos you see on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? So beginner airbrusher or a series on airbrushing is a very typical thing that you can find if you go and Google search it. Um, 
I mean, I did a video just for beginners about airbrushing, going over every single, you know, type right. of airbrush and the internals and how they function, even the physics behind, you know, why they, they propel paint in the way they do. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, we want to do what other people are doing. We want to do it in our format and our style with our people and on our platform. Cause it's not going on YouTube, right? It's going on Warhammer community. Correct. Yeah. Which has their own player and stuff. So, okay. It's a, we're in a wait and see moment because the first video is a minute and 16 seconds long or something like that. Um, it's like, this yeah. is the series. We're going to do it. Right. And <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. The following clip was recorded and we wanted to share with you as we got off topic and talked about food for 20 minutes. I want to do this first. <laughs> uh oh, second one is waiting. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh -oh. Dude, Jeremy was ripping some fatties last night, dude. What was that? Yeah, the wings, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys, where'd you get wings from? Okay, so we were going to go get punch pizza, but then we saw Buffalo Wild Wings, and, <laughs> yeah. and Jeremy was like, oh, they don't have that in uh, Canada. I was like, I only know that from Good Mythical Morning. Yeah. yeah. So we got some B-dubs, and it was mm. killer because it I was buy one, get one for the traditional. So this guy, this crazy guy. <laughs> 40. He gets, I'm not kidding, he got the large. And then because of that, I got the, we got the free, the free large. large. So we got 40 or whatever, 38 fucking <laughs> wings. How and many different sauces did you try? Four. We should, or... we should probably be recording this. Okay. Or are we recording? We are. We are. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. We're recording. So, yeah. I had 18, 19 wings. He had 18, 19 wings. Four flavors each. You got closer to the finish than I did, though. I had two I, left. You had yeah. two left. I had, like, three, three left, left yeah. maybe, and I tapped out. Yeah. I think both of us could have eaten them. Sure. But it we had nothing to prove, and <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. want to feel like I was dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been yeah. gross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get the meat sweats, heat sweats. Yeah. That's a double sweat. Oh, yeah. And then we, we didn't eat anything else. Like, it was just meat. Yeah. It was like, and, like, a piece of celery. Yeah, and a carrot. <laughs> yeah. oh, no side of no, wedges no, or no nothing. Slaw, no no <laughs> nothing. No fries. Just meat. It, was just, it was just brown bubbly soda and saucy oh, wings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yummy. So what was your favorite sauce? Uh, the the honey barbecue was the best of the four mm. that I got. Okay. The salt and pepper was good, mm -hmm. but man, the it was like what was it spicy garlic? That one was a disappointment. Yeah, it didn't taste anything like garlic. No, it was just like a creamy buffalo sauce, and yeah. it was the that's why I didn't finish all my wings. If uh -huh. that batch was as good as the other three choices, huh. I probably would have powered through all of them. But okay, those uh -huh. ones. I anticipate the answer to this question, but was buffalo wild wings special in any way to you, or is this like normal wings? Uh, well, it was special to me because it was a brand that I recognized yeah. from Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually, in terms of the wings themselves and the vacuum, it's like these are perfectly average wings. Yeah, they right. Are. They weren't yeah. great. Yeah. They weren't bad. Like I said to you before we went in, there's no such thing as an awful wing. I guess there is, but flabby you, wing is awful. You wing. know, I guess there's somewhere they. Like it's like they boil them and then toss them in sauce and you're like, what are you Ugh. doing? There's no Ugh. crisp. Ugh. Yeah, that's like, what I mean like by flabby that, wing. No crispness. What I would call casino wings. Uh, like you go to like the casino and they have the hundred wings for ten bucks and yes. it's just a big bowl of like. Uh. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, a not great chicken wing is still good. Yeah, yeah. very. And good. They, that's what these were. They were above average, but not amazing. Okay. I did. I was impressed with the volume of sauce options it was a pretty good selection mm -hmm. of options mm -hmm. and the fact that you could mix them you know some places are stingy with that like you're gonna order it it's a full order of that you don't oh, want to break them up okay. and yeah yeah so that was good yeah they're pretty flexible on the flavors i think th i think the best sauce is a sauce that's not on the menu what it's called vampire slayer 
It's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's 50-50 mix of spicy garlic and garlic parmesan. Mm. And they mix it together. Okay, we just like shit on spicy garlic. Sorry Maybe if you spicy mix in the garlic is my favorite flavor. Oh, buffalo wings. It doesn't taste like garlic. It's just like orange sauce. There's no garlic. It's, it tastes it's, like it mild. It tastes like medium. Like when I want but buffalo do wings, you like I want buffalo wings. Yes. See, I don't like buffalo. I wings. do. I, I do. Yeah. So okay. So I like. It's like a slightly spicier than medium buffalo wing sauce with a little bit of an, a different flavor to it. So it's not just strictly like Frank's Red Hots kind of flavor. Yeah. So. So there. There you go. So there. So there. So you got the Americana experience <laughs> of Buffalo I Wild Wings. So. My my other tip for Buffalo Wild Wings is I always order my wings. <laughs> John's hot tips. <laughs> hot tips. Hot takes. Always order my wings extra crispy. Oh. Oh, I could I get behind know. that. I, I like a crispy ring. That. Yep, you can. And they know it. They know to do it. And they're like, okay, sure. Especially if I do the rub. Did you do like the salt and pepper rub? Yeah, like the lemon pepper or yes. whatever. Yeah. Yes, it's extra good and on see, the rub ones. I, I'm more of a, a dry wing guy. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and that's the thing is that they had a good spread of sauces, but like every wing place, the dry wing selections are underrepresented in comparison to the sauciness ones. Right. We got to even that out. We got to get no, we don't. parity Equal here. Equal opportunity. The problem with hey, me, doesn't mean less sauce. Just means more seasoning. Yeah, more seasoning options. I could stand behind this. The problem with dry wings often is these places kind of overcook these things. Then you put dry sauce on it. It's kind of more chewy than it is, like nice and moist. Mm-hmm. So, okay, is that is another important question? Is drummies versus flats? And I think I like flats the most because you get those two bones and that middle section that of middle meat of? is nice and moist because the bones kind of like insulate the heat around it and protects that meat from getting overcooked. Whereas with the drummy, you got all this kind of sinewy crap and it's kind of drier. I mean, I like both, but I think flats are the way to go for me. Yeah, I I, I like to mix it up. I usually do in every other. I'll, yeah, eat, okay. I'll eat a drummy, right. then I'll eat a flat, and then right. I eat a drum. If I had just the one, I had to pick one, I'd take the flat. As long as you are a seasoned wing eater and you know you know how to get those things yeah, with, with your mouth. Right. If you like if you're a noob and you're using your fingers to pop those two bones out, I can you see where that would be a problem. Yeah. You just you, you separate the two bones, you can pull it right out, then you can do the whole the whole thing. Dude. Take it all down. No, all down. <laughs> this this is the most important conversation of this whole podcast episode right here. <laughs> Wing eating we're education. And as soon as we're done with this, we're going to go get tendies. Yeah. Because oh. we, I mean, to be fair, I think at least 30% of our time over the past couple of days has been deep discussion about snacks. Oh my, this guy is a snack god. Oh, he knows it all. No, I'm just like a <laughs> that, snack autistic. That's his other <laughs> hobby, okay? It's actually, he cares more about that than making terrain. It's snacks. It's true, 100%. Oh. We, we talked about snacks for hours the first day he got here because he brought a whole box of Canadian snacks um, and they're great and he was just like talking about the, the history of them like how they're made like the company's policy <laughs> like, it was intense dude I, I, love, I, love, my, chips. I love my yeah. snack food yeah. and I love like trivia about snacks and I love regional snacks and yes. oh. Did yeah. you did you find any regional snacks we have here that he could take home with him? Yes we did find one so oh, I got yes. it the, the problem is that the America offers many great snack foods that have entered the Canadian market, so I can get them mm, no problem, sure. right? So in Canada, we have most of the stuff you have here, right. plus all of our stuff, which oh. I got to say, chips and chocolate bars, we kick your ass, hands down. Really? Fight, fight me. Really? <laughs> fight me. I don't, right um, now. <laughs> but, but we have both, right? So we can enjoy okay. all the best American stuff as well. Great. Uh, so when I come here and I go to the store and I'm trying to look for something like new to try, mm-hmm. it's really hard to find anything because mm. we either have it or it's not really that different. Sure. However, 
Scott bought me what is it? Dots pretzels. Dots pretzels, baby. And that was oh a, that, baby. That yeah. was a plus snack. Yeah, that I is was impressed. Great, great idea to get. I wouldn't I have thought was, of that, but that's Amber's idea. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the best ones you could. Yeah, get. that was killer. Yeah, yeah. liked it. That's I wanted cool. to get chicken and a biscuit. Do you know what that is? Oh, absolutely, I do. Yeah, they're almost always in our cupboard at home. Yeah. So, but the thing about Canadian snacks is they're really intense in their yeah. flavor. Oh yeah. And chicken really? and a biscuit is subtle. I think it's subtle. Isn't it subtle? It's subtle, but it's a cracker that tastes like chicken, which is freaking weird. <laughs> yeah. Mo- so. Most Canadian like chips and stuff burn your mouth. Like, really? Do you like the skin inside your mouth? Like, <laughs> because you're not going to have it after all that vinegar. Like and shreds. Right yeah. There. I yeah. love me some like vinegar extra, snacks. Double the, double the seasoning of American oh, snacks wow. a lot of the time. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like the chip, the ketchup chips are coated. Like they're it, red. It, it's like they have to offset the protective coating of maple syrup that we have sure. built up over time it has to cut through yeah. okay i get that yeah there's something in the genes of yeah. your peoples Maybe over the years too many smokers <laughs> back in the day i don't know honestly there's probably some tie to that with with loss of taste buds yeah i would think so yeah yeah but I, I, on that same subject he brought for us some honey dill sauce to try out honey which is dill a manitoba special yeah. dipping sauce for and chicken he, he wants us to do it for chicken basically every you go get chicken in any capacity chicken fingers whatever you're gonna get some honey dill sauce at every restaurant but it's not a canadian thing it's a okay. winnipeg thing winnipeg oh just winnipeg not, just not manitoba winnipeg and like the surrounding small communities okay but yeah okay it's a winnipeg thing so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sneak in some sauce sneak in or bring the bottle home of sauce tendies. i don't know yeah we're gonna sneak in the sauce because yeah. this needs to I be shouldn't care about that it, no, this is going to be our mission. Oh, okay. We're not going to let anybody see it. And then... And if they get mad, just be like, it's okay. He's Canadian. He doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even understand. He doesn't speak Sorry, English. Sorry, eh? Yeah. yeah. Start speaking French. You don't know French, do you? No. Merci beaucoup. No yeah. Canadians know French. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to sneak that in. And if it's a big hit, then we'll, I'll just like walk around to all the other people eating there and I'll pour <laughs> some on their chicken. <laughs> be like, you got punked. That would go over well. Uh, oh man! Now, if you guys don't like it, I'm oh, man. It's been so hyped. Uh, it's okay. I love dill. Let's let's so. reduce the hype right now. It's okay if it's not amazing. Yeah, right. It's fun to try anyway. He'll get to I try mean, cane sauce. Sauces are good. Cane you know, you can't hate a sauce. No, can sauces are very good. Cane Condiments sauce are good. is a great sauce. Well, I think that's it, boys. Welcome to the end of the podcast. We did it. I'm I want to thank Jeremy for walking all the way from Canada yeah, to come here. Pretty far. His boots and it's so too cold. Yeah. Yep. I mean, those to warm. tropical Minnesota. So warm here. It is so warm. Today it is. I think it's warm at home too right now. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I was actually, when you said something about that, I was like, I had this part of me that it's like, grr, it's not any warmer here than Canada. <laughs> we are, we are like where I am is definitely colder than Minnesota on the whole, but we're probably having a warm week as well. Okay. I would think. All right. I didn't want him. To, I didn't want you to like actually but think it's listen, thirty-five degrees you're, in Minnesota. Your cold, your cold is legit. Yeah, I respect okay. Minnesotans and their ability to brave winter. But I, it, oh, but it can't be quite as cold because I realized an observation, and you were like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I was. We're in the parking lot, Home Depot, and I looked at all the cars. I'm like, oh, nobody yeah. has block heater cords. What's going on? Do you know what this is? Do you know what a block heater is? No. Then you guys don't know real cold. Uh-huh. Oh, he's flexing on us right now. Yeah. Okay. Flex. Well, yeah. Well, you plug it in. We gotta put. We put sure. a heater on our engine block to keep our oil liquid because it gets so cold that the oil starts to get solid. You try to turn your engine over, it struggles, and your battery dies. That's why all these prairie cars have cords hanging out. They're not electric cars, you dummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're they're, they're keep it warm. 
But I can't believe because it gets cold enough here that I would expect oh, you guys yeah. would have them. It certainly does. We have garages. Do you not have garages? Yeah, we have garages. Okay. Well, he doesn't have a garage. He turned his. Well, I had a, a garage. Now it's a hobby room and a oh, studio space. Oh, I was wondering why you got such a big space in there. Yeah, because I because I parked my car outside like a chump. Have Ooh. you done a studio tour? Uh, just a desk tour. I never did the whole room. You should do. But that. I feel like people have seen most of it in various parts. But no, I want to see the whole thing. Get the camera to the kid. Be like, follow me. Let's do this. And you have to come visit me, Scott. <laughs> Fine. Deal. I just we should, your, you, want, you want to do a class? And, yeah, and, come yeah. do a class. Yeah, I do. In Winnipeg? Totally do, yeah. Oh, speaking of, we should talk about our LA class. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of classes in Canada, uh, we're going to the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> California. But still starts with CAA. Right. Um, we, we, have, we have a place in Burbank, California called Geeky Teas and Games. Yeah, that's right. And the date is in May, and it is... The second and third. Second and third from 9 to 6. Oh, yeah, the, the time will be defined before this comes out. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be there. Tickets are on sale. I'll link them in the description and also pin it uh, in the top comment of the YouTube video and in the show notes for you audio listeners. Me and Josh are going to go to the same class we're doing in Minnesota but also in lovely California. Did you call me Josh? <laughs> you did, Josh? I think. Call me Josh. I'm sorry, Josh. Who's Josh? Your friend. Oh, it's like, who's Josh? Is it Josh from work? <laughs> You're Josh. me? No, You're, John, sorry. Let I'm me sorry. see your instant messages. Yeah. <laughs> Unlock your phone right now. But yeah, we found a space to stay. We found a place to rent for the class. We got tickets for cheapo. What's yeah. Are the three requirements. Yep. So we are going to come to Sully, Sully, sunny, sunny California. It's going to be great. We're excited. I'm excited. It's going to be quite the experience oh, by yeah. that point. We're going to be a well-oiled machine. Yep. And we are going to bring all oh. the Minnesota nice. Yeah. To California. And all the, no, but none of the cold. No, 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 no. Not allowed. Is that our slogan? All the nice, none of the cold. Yeah. <laughs> Could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening and hanging out with us. And thank you once again, Jeremy. You can find him on Black Magic Craft on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Check out his wonderful video and become a better terrain maker. Until next time. Wow, that was great. That was a good outro. And then you guys just stepped all over it. We need to give you some praise right now. That was not. That was the first take. One shot wonder. Wow. All right. Keep all this stuff in too. Of them saying this. No, we will. Keep bashing your damn head on this thing. We're working out this three person thing. Okay. We'll get better over time. By the time next time Jeremy's here, it'll be so much better than this. So much better. It'll probably be in my house. We'll be playing ping pong instead. Oh yeah. While doing the recording, so you hear the little ball. All right. Until next time, for reals this time, we will catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs>